So over at Elam Life Church, we're in the middle of a series called Devoted. Devoted is a word that means characterized by loyalty and passionate dedication. I'm hoping that's why you're here, studying at Bible school this semester, because you want to grow in your devotion to the Lord. You want to grow in passionate dedication. You want to grow in loyalty to your God. Well, there, there are many different practices that we can develop as believers to help us to, to grow in devotion. Praying, pretty important. Spending time reading and studying the Bible, that's huge. Sharing your faith with other people, amazing, important, all important in growing in devotion. So this morning I'm going to talk about another practice that's a little bit more, com- uh, more uncomfortable to talk about. Uh, we're talking about self-denial this morning. Self-denial. It is, it is a practice that God doesn't just encourage us and he calls us to, to grow in self-denial. And when we grow in self-denial, what happens is we grow in our devotion to the Lord. You excited about this? I hope so. I hope so. Hope, hopefully it's going to be good. Luke 9, 23 through 24. And he said to all, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. If anyone would come after me, God says, let him deny himself. Self-denial, denying what I want in any particular moment for the sake of someone else or something greater. Denying what I want in this moment for the sake of someone else or something greater. Because this life isn't actually about us. You're growing up, most of you in this room are of a particular generation. You're growing up in a generation that has a tendency to look to self a whole lot. Um, Melanie and I were walking through the store the other day. We were walking through... We took our eight-year-old to the mall because she was just desperate. For a month, my eight-year-old Ayla has been asked, can we go to the mall? Can we? It's, just a, it's just a fun thing for her to do. So she had this, this, uh, this money burning a hole in her pocket from around Christmas time. And we took her to icing and what's the other one? Claire's. At, looking at the jewelry for, for my, my eight-year-old. So my wife leaned over to me one moment. She's like, wow, there is so much stuff in this store talking about Believe in yourself. Be all you can be. Well, that's the army, I guess. It probably didn't show up in there. But you know the idea. It's like love yourself. And it's like self, self, self. You're, you're everything you ever need to be. Follow your heart. All these things. Your generation is very much encouraged to focus on what your heart tells you to do. Go after what you really want, Right? Self is such a huge aspect of life, but it isn't actually about ourself. It isn't actually about me. It isn't actually about you. It's about him. So, so we need to ask, Holy Spirit, would you give us a revelation of the reality that it's not about self. It's not about me. It's, it's about you. So we hear this very uncomfortable, unwelcome term, self-denial, and then we read about what Jesus says in this passage, this, this verse, about this being a necessary aspect of following him. So then, 
here you are, Bible school students, Bible school staff. You've already laid down your life as a whole. You've said, okay, it is about you. It is for you. The question then becomes, okay, what, what else? What else does that mean for me? What does self-denial mean? I feel like I've done that. I feel like I could make a heck of a lot more money somewhere else working. I could, I could have a much more, in the world's eyes, prosperous future if I studied something else besides the Bible and besides ministry. Haven't I done that? Haven't I self-denied already? What does it mean? How does that actually apply to my life now that I've already made this huge decision? Well, this is a message that I've been reflecting on for a while now for a couple main reasons. One reason is because this is a topic that we need as the church. If, if only just because of what I shared that we saw in Icing and Claire's at the mall the other day. Because our, our culture is, is pushing us towards this idea of self is the most important thing. We as a church are not immune to that, that idea. So we need this message of self-denial. But the other reason is because I've been going through something myself lately where I've I have experienced a new kind of freedom in a particular area in my life that I want to share with you to help, hopefully help it to, to hit closer to home. Hopefully make it relatable to, to real life. Self-denial. Denying what I want for the sake of someone else or something greater. It's really difficult, but it's really important. It's really unusual. But we as Christians need to look unusual. You should be weird. You sh- and I'm not saying weird in a way of like, like no one wants to approach you in the store because, wow, that guy, that girl. Whew. And that's not what I'm saying. Don't be weird, right? Be, be normal. Be approachable. But we should look different. Our lives should look unusual when they're observed by people who don't follow the Jesus that we serve. They should look unusual. Our culture has encouraged us to become spiritually, emotionally, socially, in our habits, in our lifestyle, slothful. On Sunday, I used the word sluggish. It's the same idea. Like sloths. Just like slugs. Just comfortable. Lazy. In this, this, this simple phrase God gave me that I think speaks to where we're at as a culture entertained to numbness. Do you ever feel that way? Do you ever feel like you're having a difficult time, you sat in a difficult class, you're confronted about something in your life, and you're like, ah, it's just too much, and I just, I just want to zone out. I want to be entertained. I want to be numb to this thing. I don't, I don't want to look to drugs. I don't want to look to alcohol. I don't want to look to pornography to, to numb the, the stuff that I'm walking through. But, man, entertainment, good entertainment, I'll... I'll watch. What's the, what's the I'm, I'm forgetting the name of the, uh, uh, the, the, the show about Jesus and his disciples. Chosen. I'll, I'll numb myself with the chosen. That's good. We have every opportunity today in our day and age to be the best versions of ourselves than compared to any other point in history. Because so many of the challenges that we face in everyday life have been taken care of for us. 
Technology has been developed to deal with that issue, that problem, that inconvenience in life, in so many different areas in life. The problems that we had to overcome in our daily life for most of human history are no longer problems at all. I'm going to give you some. Think about these. How many of you work in the, in the dining hall, in the cafeteria? Put your hands up. Aren't you glad you don't have to go out into the soccer field and kill some pigs today so that we can eat later? Isn't that really nice and convenient? That's not something you have to do. You have to go into the freezer, and probably you'll be done for you by the time you get over there. You have to go into the freezer, take it out, and thaw it. Whoa, that's rough. I know. You don't have to stuff fresh straw in your bed so you have somewhere comfortable to sleep tonight and maybe a little bit warmer than just sleeping outside under the stars. You don't need to go to the bathroom in the woods. Praise God, unless you're a hunter or you like roughing it. So then you can. There's some woods around here. I don't recommend it, but you can. And you know what? You don't even need to rotate your own ice cream cone anymore. Check this out. Hamaker Schlemmer. I looked up how to pronounce that because I want to make sure. Hamaker Schlemmer. They have this product that you push a button. It rotates your ice cream cone for you. You just stick out your tongue, and down it goes. Super simple. The basic necessities of life and way beyond the basics that we need for living are all taken care of for us. They're so much easier than at any other point in history. We don't even need to think about them. We have time and resources to be the best students that ever existed on the face of the planet. To be the best eventually, some of you are married in the room, to be the best spouses, to be the best parents, to be the best teachers, to be the best Christians, followers of Jesus, I can devote so much more of my time than anybody, than anybody else in history could to be the best at who I am as a human and as a Christian, as a follower of the Lord. It has the potential to be such a golden age for us living our best life, the best version of what God has created for us, and for humanity to develop even more technology and advancements and inventions that solve problems and inconveniences in life. It has the potential to be an incredible age. But rather than us as humanity being like, wow, we are doing so good. Instead of taking that ground, instead of taking those steps, what happens? Entertained to numbness. We get distracted from living our best life. Why? Because of that problem we talked about at the beginning, because of self. Because what do I want? What do I really want? I'm wondering if that, and nobody raise your hand or answer me, but I'm wondering if that's connecting with you personally. Where you're starting to look at, at your life, you're listening to this message, and you're like, okay, is self a problem in my life? Are there things that are taking up my time, my attention, my talent. They're occupying me in a way that, that's numbing me to who God's called me to be, to what God's called me to do, what I'm supposed to accomplish for him, or how I'm supposed to live. Whether they're bad things or whether they're good things, maybe some things came to mind. So I'm gonna, I want to lay out this, this personal story for you. I, I need to be careful in how I share this because the, the process that God's taking me through in this area of self-denial is 
is specific to me. I think it will apply to a whole lot of people, my specific story, but I don't want to project onto you the conclusion that I came to in my life. I don't want you to, to come away and say, well, this is what Greg thinks that I should do in my life. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying this is what God's doing in my life, and I want you to hear from him. What is he calling you to? How is he calling you to apply this biblical, godly, Jesus principle of self-denial to your way of, of living, to your way of being? So just this past December 1st, I was, I was having some time with the Lord, and he drew my attention to an area of my life that I've thought about numerous times before, but for some reason, especially recently, there have been moments where he's brought my attention back to something that I have previously processed, but it was, it was, there was a new oomph behind it. There was a new anointing behind what he was saying, and that's what happened in this moment. He drew my attention to my lifestyle, and I found myself really dissatisfied. And it wasn't because there was anything wrong or sinful. There wasn't anything like that. When you looked at my life from the outside, you wouldn't have necessarily seen anything that, that caused you concern, I, I would imagine. But I was dissatisfied with myself. And the one area that most caught my attention in that moment was this. This thing, I, I acted it out earlier, I'm now showing you. This is my phone. And I was, I was dissatisfied with how important my phone had become. So for a very long time, I've had this conviction that as a dad, uh, Dr. Case shared I have four kids with my beautiful wife, Melanie. Uh, my youngest is eight, and then I have a 14-year-old, a 16-year-old, and an 18-year-old. And for years, I've had this conviction, I do not want my kids to look back at their childhood and see their dad this way. As a dude, like every other dude, every other person, man, woman, child's baby now, out in public, and this is what they're doing all the time. And I didn't, I didn't want that. I didn't. I wanted my kids to, to know me as their, their father who loved them, was present, was ready with a joke, with a story, with a hug, with a wrestle. I didn't want this to be their picture of me. Nor did I want my wife or my staff over at church or our church family or you guys when I'm even walking through campus or hanging out in your dining hall. I didn't want anyone to see me that way, so I would do my best to not live that way. I do my best to not have my face in my phone when, when people were around. But what I found myself doing all the time was as soon as my wife, as soon as my kids would walk out of the room, I'd make sure my phone was close in my pocket or right here on the arm of the couch, and I'd grab it, and I'd start flipping through. And then I would try to pay attention, try not to zone out too much, to not hear them coming back around the corner, because when I heard them coming around the corner, I would quick throw my phone down and pretend like I wasn't looking at my phone. What a weirdo. When I would go into, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share some specifics, so I apologize for anyone I offend with these specifics. Um, when I would go into the bathroom, I would have my phone out. In the correct hand, you know what I'm saying? Everybody knows what I'm saying, because we live in 2024. And I would play a game of chess before I would come out again. Or I would scroll through the news and I would read two or three or four or five articles before I would come out. And then what happens? You know what happens. 
you're entertaining numbness and your legs are numbness as well because you sat in there too long. I, am, I know I'm not alone. When going to bed, I would scroll. Melanie would be in taking a shower while I'm sitting in bed and just waiting to, to, to go to sleep. And I'd be scrolling to find a new story or to watch that funny video or, or I, I love chess. Watch Magnus Carlsen destroy somebody in a chess tournament. Love it. And then I would struggle to turn, turn my brain off when I was trying to fall asleep. Maybe you guys have experienced that before, where you're just scrolling, 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 or you're playing a video game on your phone, and you go to sleep, and you're still subway surfing, and you can't stop the shifting of your eyes and the jumping. And it takes you way too long to fall asleep. When eating, especially when I was alone at the table, I would pick up my phone. When waiting for my son or my daughter to come out of practice or play rehearsal at LCS, there few of them are students over at Lima Christian School. I'd be sitting in my car waiting. Phone. When it was time to relax, I need my phone. Pick it up. Stare at it. Scroll through it. Stinking phone. 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 Again, nothing overtly sinful. Nothing inappropriate. But on December 1st of 2023, I suddenly realized how way too important that thing had become in my life. So that day, I chose to make a change. It was that moment of of inspiration from the Holy Spirit. It was that moment of anointing, like, this is just you and me, God. I hear you. Luke 9, 23 through 24. And he said to all, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself. Take up his cross daily and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. So I laid that thing down. I laid that important aspect of my life down. I now use my screen for five things. Number one, for my Bible. It's version reading plan. It's my, it's my go-to. I use it for productivity apps to help me be a better administrative person. I use it for Google Photos. I use it for audio podcasts. And I use it for the reason it was actually designed, to talk to people, to communicate with people. Once per day, generally in the morning, I will scroll through the news because... I need to know what's going on in the world. I, I don't want to be completely clueless. My wife fills me in quite a bit, but that's not enough. I need to know what's going on in the world. If somebody sends me a video or a link they think is important, they want me to see, even if it's on social media, I will click the link, I'll check it out, because the goal isn't legalism. The goal is that I would devote myself to the right thing, that I would devote myself to my God, to my wife and kids, to my church, and to my own personal growth and development. Luke 9, 23 through 24. You might be hearing a trend here. And he said to all, if anyone would come after me, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross daily, and follow me. What does that mean? What does take up his cross daily mean? You know what, what cross is represented when this was written? 
when Jesus spoke this? Death. We wear them around our necks. I've worn, worn them around my necks. I'm judging nobody. I think it's a great thing to do to remind us of who we are and who we serve. Back in the I've heard I've heard it said this way. Uh, it would have been wearing a cross back in the day would have been like us wearing an electric chair today around our necks. It represents death. So what does it mean, take up your cross? It means die. If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it. But whoever, here it is, loses his life for my sake will save it. It's hard. It's death to deny yourself. It feels like death. It is sacrificing what you want for the sake of someone else or something greater. Now again, I want to I reiterate the disclaimer I gave at the beginning of the, my, my personal testimony. This is not a look at me and do what I'm doing thing. This is not a, I can never approach that guy and tell him something funny I found on my phone. This is not that. I am not judging you for how you use technology. I'm not judging you for how you use your phone. This is not what this message is about. This is me being transparent with my story to help, hopefully help us awaken to some of the complexities and the distractions that we face in our daily lives. So what I'm finding as I'm walking through this, this has been, I'm just approaching two months. Some days I've woken up excited about not being controlled by this thing anymore, where it is not so important anymore. I don't need to know where it is every moment of every day. It doesn't need to be close to me when I'm sitting on the couch and my kids walk out of the room. There's been like a, like kind of a happiness that I felt when I woke up for that very reason. Now, some days I've sat at the dinner table all by myself just because my family is elsewhere doing something, and I've just, like, I have longed to pick it up and to scroll. Just, I think it was just, was it today, this morning, or yes, last night? It was last night. I was like, oh, God, I just want this. I just want the flashing. I just, can I surf on a subway? Can I, can I throw some candy somewhere? What, what can I do? There's, there's definitely those moments where it is still, two months later, a challenge. But what's happening more is that I'm finding I don't need it. I don't need the dopamine hit anymore. You know that feeling like it just feels good. It feels relaxing. It feels numb to just be distracted from everything in, in the world, in my life at the moment. And I'm, I'm feeling like I don't need it. I've, I've been experiencing a new kind of freedom that I have never experienced before because I've never been this free from my phone before. I've had so many moments where I would normally pick up my phone, and I don't. And instead, I'm sitting there like, huh, I'm sitting in the, in the dentist's office last Friday. You know, you go to any waiting room, what are people doing? Every time, like, just about every person, unless they're older, Right? Just about everybody's on, on their phone. And I'm sitting there and I'm watching the slideshow of the dentist's office flip through. And I'm learning a whole lot more about my dentist than I, than I knew. It was pretty cool. He's a great dentist. If you want to know, you can come to me later. I'll give you a reference. 
great tennis office, boring slideshow. But in those moments, I found I have time to pray. Pray in tongues. Like, I don't know what to pray. I'm bored. I'll just pray in tongues. I'm at least taking some ground spiritually. Or I'll say, Lord, what's going on? How you doing? Or I'll think of that person who needs prayer and pray for them. It's been crazy. Rather than throwing my phone on the couch and my wife or kids walks out of the room or walks back into the room, it's just sitting there the whole time. And I'm ready for them to come around the corner and say, hey, Ayla, you want to wrestle? It's fun. I'm, wait- I'm ready. I'm waiting. I went home for lunch uh, about a week ago. I think, it was, I think it was a week ago today. And my wife was out with a friend, and so I had nobody home, and there was my lunch, and there was the table. And I sat there, and for the first time ever, and the only time, hasn't happened since either, I didn't feel like I needed any entertainment. I just sat there, and I was totally content just sitting there. It's me and God and my soup. It was amazing. I think something that we've lost as a society is the art of boredom. Maybe when you were a kid, your parents tried to said, go outside, I'm bored, go outside, figure out something to do. Maybe they were that kind of parent, and they understood the art of boredom. And we still don't. But you know how many amazing things have come because of boredom in human history? So many incredible things. New inventions, new games, creative ideas, new, new sports, breakthroughs. How about this? How about socially? New friendships have come as a result of boredom. How about salvations have come as a result of boredom? Because I don't have anything to do. I'm, I guess, I'm, well, let me share Jesus with somebody. And people have gotten saved for that reason. Boredom is very underrated. What do you think God could do with your boredom? Denying yourself, so hard but so powerful, to be controlled by nothing but God. What can God do with your life when you say, God, I lay it all down? I'm yours completely. Um, if we can have the guitarist or, or uh, I don't know if Gabriel, if you were planning on coming down, that'd be great. So I want to talk about the point. Here's, here's a, a significant point. Entertainment isn't evil. The point that I'm making is not, you need to turn off everything, all your devices. You know what? Your phone isn't evil. Social media isn't evil. YouTube isn't evil. Your TV isn't evil. That's not the point of this message. Fun isn't ungodly. Entertainment isn't ungodly. It's right and it's good and it's a gift from the Lord for us. So what I'm not saying is I'm not saying you better lay it down. You better put down your phone and only pick it up for the five things that Greg picks his phone up for. You better not watch entertainment. You better not ever feel sad and turn on a movie. Suffer! That's not what I'm saying. That's not where I'm going with this message. I still watch TV with my family and love it. My wife and I love watching shows together in the evening. It's a great way for us to, to be together and to not have to think about all the difficult things. She, she is one of the pastors at our church. Let me tell you, there's a whole ton of conversations that do happen in our home about stuff going on in ministry. And it's really nice to be entertained sometimes together. If you know me, you know that I like to have fun. I love to laugh. I love to go out on adventures. 
it's not about saying no to things that you enjoy. That's not what I'm talking about. He's not telling us, God is not telling us that in order to be a, a good Christian, we better get used to being bored. We better get used to always being productive. We better get used to never doing anything enjoyable. That is not this message because that's not the God that you serve. This message is about getting good at denying yourself. This message is about asking God, is my life about my comfort or is it about more than my comfort? It is about that. This is a message about asking God, what area of my life is out of balance with your will for me? Is there anything in my life that distracts me from being fully present with you and the people you've given me to love? And is there anything specific you're calling me to surrender to you? That's what this message is about. You and Jesus addressing whatever it is in you that needs to be self-denied. Maybe between you and the Lord, your phone isn't an issue. That's unbelievable, and I'd be shocked. This generation, phones are an issue. But again, I'm not judging. If it's not an issue for you, praise God. He's already dealt with that in your life. But how are you doing with your laptop, with your tablet, video games, TV, movies, books? Is there anything out of balance in that area of your life? Is there anything out of balance in how you're spending your money? What does your bank statement or your credit card statement say about what is most important to you? How about your eating habits? Is there anything there that you need to surrender to the Lord? Do you, are you a person who has the need to always be the one to make the decision or always be the one that has to be right in a particular situation? Or at least to always give your opinion? Or the opposite, do you struggle with speaking up? Because you don't feel like you have a voice or your voice counts. And God says, no, I want you to self-deny your desire to be quiet. I want you to use your voice for my glory, for my kingdom. I'm just reading through the story of Moses right now. My goodness, God got ticked at Moses. I'm saying, who am I to speak? Self-deny, Moses. I called you. Is that what he's saying to you? What's God putting his finger on in your life that he wants you to lay down? And how about the negative stuff? How are you doing with sin? How are you doing with pornography? It is rampant, an enormous problem. Are you using that to numb something? Are you turning away from the Lord and turning to pornography in your life? Are there relationships in your life that are unhealthy, drawing your attention away from the Lord or your family? Are you dealing with addictions to anything other than the Lord? One more time through. No. I need, to be, I need to get you out of here. Here's what I'm going to say. I want to encourage you in two ways. I want to challenge you in two ways. Two levels of challenge. Here we go. Level one. I want to, I want to challenge you to fast entertainment on your phone for a week. Level two. I want to challenge you to fast entertainment of any kind for a week. Or anything else that's significant to you. I don't know how it says that up there. Anything else significant to you? Maybe it's, maybe it's dessert, sweets. Maybe it's something, something completely different that I didn't even mention today. Practice self-denial. See how God would, would bless your life as you lay down that thing that's become maybe way too important to you. Lord Jesus, I pray for your favor, your blessing on this student body, on this, this staff, on every person in this room. Lord, would you give us such victory. Would you give us such joy as we lay down our lives again, even in these practical ways, and see what you want to do with us. We thank you that you are more than able. You're more than able to minister to us, even without the things that we're used to. 
you're more than able to touch those areas where we want to numb because they're so difficult. Lord, you're, you're more than able to minister to us in your way rather than us doing it our way. So Lord, would you, would you bless the, the student body? Would you make them the start of a culture, Lord God? The start of a trend. I don't need, I actually don't need to pick up my phone when my friend leaves the, the table at the restaurant. I, I'm okay. I don't actually need my, my phone when I'm going to sleep at night. I'll plug it in downstairs. Thank you, Father, for calling us higher and anointing us and enabling us to do what you call us to. We bless you. We choose you. We love you. In Jesus' name.